copy of God's Word and you would like one, please go ahead and raise your hand. Um, This morning, we are going to be in maybe uh, an unlikely place. Um, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 12. And, and why we're doing this is, is we are taking an intentional look at Advent. And, and before you get kind of like, ah, Advent, that's, that's uh, uh, more of the, the liturgical churches or, or the, the, the Catholic or Lutheran churches, let me just explain a little bit what um, Advent means. Advent is a Latin word which literally means arrival or coming. And so in, in the first century, second century, up until kind of the, the medieval times, they would celebrate Advent, meaning that they would take this intentional look of the second coming of Christ, the second arrival of Jesus. And it wasn't until like the medieval time where they kind of switched that around because Advent was right around the time when they were celebrating the birth of Christ. And so now Advent for most churches kind of means um, the, the coming of Christ, the first coming of Christ. However, you cannot talk about the coming of, of Christ without well remembering that he came. And so what Advent for Community Church is going to look like is for the next three weeks, we're going to be camped out in this one verse. So what I'm attempting to do today is to preach on one word, remember. So, 1 Chronicles 16 verse 12, we get to this verse. And in this passage that we're looking at today, it's David writing a a song of thanks. In fact, you can see this song in the Psalms 105 and 106 split up. And what's really cool about this is that David actually kind of, he splits up this song here in 1 Chronicles. And then in the Psalms, he kind of builds on it in different ways. But what David is primarily doing in this song is he's taking an intentional look and remembering what the Lord God has done. We see it in our verse, verse 12, remember the wondrous works. And in verse 15, remember his covenant forever. This song is a song of remembrance. This song that David has penned is remembering the past, present, and future of what God has done. Our verse this morning says this. Remember the wondrous works that He has done. His miracles and the judgments He uttered. I'm going to pray for us one more time. Father, soften our hearts to your word. Protect us, protect me from manipulating your word in, in any type of way. God, if, if, uh, if I have manipulated your word in any type of way, strike me dead right now. It would be better for me not to preach this sermon. So protect me. But Father, I ask that you would soften hearts and give ears to hear. 
That you would encourage and, and edify and convict your children that are in here, your people that are in here. And if there are those that are in here that, that believe that they know you because they've been a religious person their whole life or, or they've seen this as kind of a, just a really neat thing to be a part of, that you would convict them on the spot and show them that you are good. And that they have been living a lie They've been living a life of just morals. And Father, if there is anybody in here that you have brought that is just totally set against your ways, that you would allow them to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so we ask that this time wouldn't be just a a filling of knowledge, but that you would use this time for us to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength so that when we leave here, we would leave here changed. It's in your son Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You know, I've often told Sharice that I have maybe one of the best um, and worst uh, or useless memories known to mankind. Um, let me explain what I mean by that. I remember uh, what I tell her to be kind of pointless little trivial facts or memories in my lifetime. So like I can, I can close my eyes and, and vividly see the picture of, of sitting in front of my parents' Um, French doors to their bedroom, like a little puppy dog waiting for them to wake up. So like I was that child that would wake up at like five in the morning, but instead of going into my parents' room to jump on them and let them know we're like causing havoc outside, I would just literally sit in front of their doors and wait for them to come out. I can see the glass panels on those French doors that goes two across and three up. And, and you know, in older houses on, on, on doors, how they kind of have the crystal doorknobs and the gold platings around it. I, I can see stuff like that so much, but what in the world is that going to help me with in this lifetime? There, there are other little memories that I, I, I can think of as well. Like when I was a, a child, three or four, playing tag outside with my brother and sister. And then, and then when cars would drive by, quick tell them, freeze, because the cars can't see you when you're not moving, right? <laughs> if I could just channel that into like books and things that are useful... Um, I might be the most brilliant guy in the universe. Uh, <laughs> however, because I'm still in my human nature, my, my, my sinful nature, my, my flesh, because we are not totally perfected just yet, my memory fails me. Uh, my mind slips daily. See, I can remember pointless memories like that, but remembering names is sometimes harder. We, I've been here eight months, and sometimes I'll just look at somebody and say, hey, hey, you, um, with the hopes that they reintroduce themselves to me. <laughs> I 
But because we are not yet totally perfected, our, our minds and memories fail us daily. Our, our sin actually wants to distract us and it wants us to forget our first love. You know, in this, this, this season, this season of, of remembering God, of remembering that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God Himself came, how quick are we to forget that truth? I love this time of the year. I love the snow. I love putting on a fireplace, listening to Christmas music, decorating, putting up the the Christmas tree. And it's far too easy for me to go throughout this season and be so enamored with things. which causes me to forget in the first place why we even have this season, why we even take time to remember what has happened. I love hot cocoa. But this time of the year isn't for me to get excited about hot cocoa. It's to reflect And remember that God himself came in the form of a man. And so we see in our passage this morning that God calls his people to remember him. And so what I'm going to do this morning is kind of build this theological framework for us of what it looks like to remember God. And in order for us to remember God, we need to know right away that God remembers us. See, this is a a crucial part of really coming to this realization that we are to be a people that is constantly remembering God. When Adam and Eve were, were in the garden, we see them in perfect communion with this perfect God. Adam and Eve lacked Nothing whatsoever. Adam and Eve were the truest that they ever were. But they bought into the lie that they needed something more than their good and gracious creator. And so they took of that fruit that they were tempted with and they ate it causing them to realize that they were naked. And we see right away something that Adam and Eve, that that image bearers of God were never supposed to experience, experienced right away. Shame. Guilt. I mean, that's an incredible thing to think about. You and I were never created to experience shame or guilt or envy or covetousness or jealousy. But because of that one act of disobedience, 
the many have been made unrighteous. And because of that, we need to come to the realization that God remembers all sin. He sees all sin. In fact, in Hosea, Hosea 7.2, he says, But they do not consider that I remember all their evil. Now their deeds surround them. They are before my face. Your evil and my evil are are before the face of God. God remembers all sins. He remembers all sins. He, He knows all sins. He sees us committing those acts of rebellion against Him. And like a a heat-seeking missile, God's judgment and wrath catches up to those people that live in that rebellious stage. And so God remembers sin. However, God remembers His people. Because what's incredible about this, this just and gracious God is that Instead of blowing mankind to to smithereens, instead of on the spot just completely saying, fine, you do what you want to do, I'm going to do what I want to do, you guys are just going to be a big mess and chaos is just going to take over. Instead of God just just giving them what they want, He's giving them what they need because as soon as they took of that fruit and ate, Jesus, God, came and looked for them. Where are you? Instead of cursing them like the serpent, he does bless them. He takes their their guilt-ridden selves and he, he puts clothes on them and he gives them a promise. I'm going to send an an offspring from the woman and she will crush that serpent's head. And everything that is wrong now will be made right. But for now, Adam and Eve, you will suffer the consequences. But I will restore all things back to how they were supposed to be. And so what we see right away is that God does not forget his people, but God remembers his people. And then throughout time, God is continuing to remember his people as we come to Noah. And there was only one person on the earth that was righteous in the sight of God, and that was Noah. And so so God, to save Noah from the judgment and flood to come, he tells him, build an ark. Put your family on that ark. And he spares Noah and his family. And as Noah and his family get off, he establishes yet what is called another covenant or another promise. He he puts a rainbow in the sky and he says, when you look at that, remember that I will not send a flood like this. We, We then fast forward to his 
child Abram. As it seems like like chaos is continuing to stir in, in God's creation, God is faithful and remembers His people and comes to Abram and says, it is through you, Abram, that there will be an offspring who will be a blessing to every nation. This is a God that doesn't forget His people, but instead is working all things through remembering His people and establishing ways that His people would come back to Him. We fast forward then to Moses. And God establishes yet another promise with Moses. He remembers his people and he sees his people in Egypt as slaves. And he knows that his people aren't to live as slaves. And so God rescues them and sets them free. And establishes yet that other covenant. If you obey my commandments. I will bless you. And you will be my people. God is in the business of remembering his people. David. He, he remembered David. David as it seems like turmoil yet again is starting to stir in his people, he, he comes and he establishes another promise. He remembers his people again. This is, this is incredible that God is continuing to remember his people. Instead of turning his face away from their rebellious acts, he remembers them. And he says, there will be a king. There will be a king that comes from you, David. And I will establish his kingdom forever. We see yet another promise as God continues to remember his people. In Ezekiel, he prophesies. And he says, I will give you a heart of flesh. I will take out that heart of stone and give you a red-blooded, firm muscle heart. I will give you A spirit. I will write my law on your heart. And then we see, as we took today, God is still remembering his people as he sends his son Jesus. And then his son Jesus lifts up the bread and the wine. Says, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. God is in the business of remembering his people. He has not forgotten about his people. But there is this problem. It's our sin nature. And and God does not forget our sin. He, He remembers our sin. But God is also in the business of remembering our sin no more. We can read in in Psalm 25, verse 7, Remember not the sins, the psalmist cries out, of my youth or my transgressions according to your steadfast love. Remember me for the sake of your goodness, O God. And God's response is this. 
God's response is written in Ezekiel. His response none of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right. He shall surely live. Do you know the goodness and grace of God? Have you experienced the rich blessing of salvation? The the amazing thing is is that just like how God remembers all sins, That you have committed. When you put your faith. And trust in his son Jesus Christ. Just as much as he remembered all sins. Now all he can remember is the righteousness. That now lives in you. Because of what his son Jesus has done. I mean this is the the free gift. Of the glory of God. This is the good news. And if you don't know this, if you don't know this good news, you can today. You can right now. What's to say as we're driving home, someone hits a patch of ice? This next hour is not promised to us. And so we see that God is a God who remembers. He remembers His people He remembers their sin and he remembers their sin no more. And because we as his image bearers are created in his likeness, he actually calls his people to remember him. And this is pretty incredible because God is inviting his people now to remember what he has done for his people. It's this kind of paradoxical God remembers, so you remember that God remembers And so we see throughout Scripture the people of God remembering Him. We see this in multiple different ways as as some of His people set up altars. We can even see in in the New Testament as the woman at the well is is interacting with Jesus and she even says, oh, this well, our, our, our forefather Jacob, he dug it. It was... A way to remember what God had done. God remembers so his people are to remember. Did you know that there were such things as memory competitions? I mean, they have trophies and competitions for everything. Goodness. And this, this dude, Alex Mullen, he, he, so he's a competitor in these memory competitions. The, the man memorized a deck of cards in 20 seconds. In one hour, one hour, he memorized 3,000 decimal digits. That's crazy. <laughs> That's insane. That's an amazing memory. But as impressive as that is, 
We have a God that doesn't need to memorize those decimals because he's the one who created those decimals. I mean, it's amazing to think that every single star in this universe, he knows them by name and he doesn't just accidentally walk upon one and one says, hey God, how's it going? He says, ah, I think I may have forgotten this star's name. No, he knows it intimately. He knows exactly how many hairs are on your head. And he knows that that receding hairline that's starting to take over. He's able to count those hairs too that are falling off. This is wonderful news to us. That we have a God who is intimately involved in his creation's life. He just didn't wind up the clock and say, here you go, good luck. And so because God is a God who remembers, we are to remember. Do you know that every single covenant that has taken place, there is a a sign so the people could look back and remember with the first covenant, God made Adam and Eve close. These clothes that you wear are supposed to remind us of the goodness of God. With Noah, he put a rainbow in the sky so that way when we see that bow, we know that God's judgment in the form of a flood will not happen again. With Abram, with, with Abram, he, he had him circumcise his people. With Moses, it was the the word, the the Ten Commandments. With David, it was a temple. With Jesus, it was the bread and wine. God has given his people ways to remember him. But how often do we actually even take time to reflect and remember God? Another form of remembering that, that God has for his people is he's called them to have parties. You, do, you, do you know that? Like God actually had told his people have parties and when you have these parties, remember me. Right? That, that's what the, the, the feast of Passover is for. Remember that I've delivered you from slavery. All the Feast of Trumpets, the, the, the Feast of the Booths, all of it. Bring your best food, bring your best drink, and let's have a party and remember what God has done and how God has been faithful this past year. God has called you and I to remember Him. And what I'm trying to do right now is through this busy holiday season plead with you to take time to remember God. Why is it so easy for us to to celebrate birthdays? I mean, I I think about it with, with, with myself. Why is it so easy to have a birthday for my son? Remember the the year, the, the year of his life that he started to he he moved around by, by rolling over like a log. It was the weirdest thing. He would just roll everywhere. Then start to crawl and get up and walk and start to babble. 
Why is it so easy for us to have parties for people? To take time to remember them. But yet when it comes to the very one who created those people for us, he's not even involved. We don't take time to to have parties to remember. Do you take time to remember what God has done in your life? Do you take time to remember what he's done in his word? Do you take time to remember the promises and the fulfillments that he has set before us here? Do we... Do we realize, like, like, guys, do we realize that in the Ten Commandments, one of the commandments is actually a commandment to remember the, the Sabbath? Take time off, six days work, seven days rest, and remember what I've done. See how I've been faithful. And so here's my plea to us, is that this, this Advent we would take time to remember, but not just this Advent, that this would be the kickstart of something greater than just Advent, that, that this would be a kickstart for the rest of our lives here on this earth, that we would take intentional time remembering and reflecting how God has been faithful and how God will continue to be faithful. And so I think what I see in Scripture, what I see in Scripture is a call to to remember past, future, and present. And and I'll explain why when past, future, present is, is because right here in verse 12, we're to remember the wondrous works, past tense. We're to remember the wondrous works that God has done. We're we're to take time and, and meditate on that. To see how God has been faithful to all generations. But when we take time to remember what has happened in the past, that actually forces us to remember what's happening in the future. And what's happening in the future and what we're to remember is that God is making all things new. And He is sending His Son Jesus to gather His people. And so we remember how God's been faithful. We look forward and remember the promise of God that He is coming back, which forces us then to remember right now that we are called to be the people of God. We are called to be distinct and different people. We're called to be the salt of the earth. And so when we remember the past, we look and remember the future, which causes us to remember that right now, Sunday, December 1st, 2019, at 10 o'clock, I am to be a child of God, set apart, different. I'm called to remember that I am a part of a royal priesthood, to obey the word of God, to live a life that is distinctly different from what we are told and how to live. So I would like to conclude like this. Because we are in the middle of a story that's not yet done, but also finished. We need to fight daily 
to remember God. Every single day, we need to fight to remember God. And this might look different for some of us. Some of us may be in a season of life where we, re- we need to remember the past. We need to look to the past and see how God has been faithful because this year has just been excruciating, filled with losses and hurts and pains. And so we need to be reminded that God has been faithful and will be faithful to all generations of his people. And some of us are in seasons where we need to look to the future and and remember what's happening. That Jesus is coming back. Some of us right now have been very just nominal in in our walk with Jesus. Very cold to the things of God. And so what we need is is a bit of urgency. And we need to, to remember that Jesus is coming back. And we need to remember that we are being, we, we are kept accountable for all things. And some of us are in a season where we need to be reminded of what we are supposed to be like right now and in the present. We need to be reminded that I'm to to be different. It's okay to be weird. Christians are weird. That I'm to submit my life and obey the word of God. So this Advent, let us remember God. Let us remember His faithfulness to all generations. Let us remember that He is coming back. Let us remember who we are right now and how we are supposed to live. Let us remember that this steadfast God who whose love never fails, who's never made a mistake once, who is good and merciful, whose kindness leads us to repentance, wants us to remember him. Let's pray. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for how quick we want to live our lives. For how slow we are to to remember that you are the one who even gave us a life to live in the first place. Forgive us that that during this holiday season, far too many of us, God, far too many of us are going to be so consumed with things. Far too many of us are going to be consumed with worshiping the creation instead of you, God, the creator. So God, please allow us to just remember you. Allow us to remember that you are faithful. That you are coming back victoriously. And that we are to be a distinct people group. 
living in exile right now. But because you have always been faithful, you will deliver your people. Allow us to remember your goodness. In your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen.